Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Space Trash. Trash in space. Space Trash. Lifestyles, the rich and uranus. Space Trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, Trashlings, and welcome back to a Mercury Retrograde episode of Space Trash. Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Molshine. And this is a really weird week in the news. Last week, it was bummer week. This week, it's a lot of like topsy-turvy weirdness. Last week, okay, beginning of Mercury Retrograde, it was like, wow, everything's wrong. Bad news, bad news, sad news. It was all just bummer, bummer, bummer. I mean, we didn't even finish when I was re-listening to the episode just because I happen to love our pods so much. I know. I, I always I listen to it. I just love it. I think it's a great pod. But it's like, we didn't even get through the list of all of the dark stories of the week. I mean, yet last week was the darkest week in entertainment news history. I think we've we've seen so far. I mean, I, I haven't, I mean, it was just like, wow, wow. But I do think now that, okay, Mercury retrograde is underway. There's a lot of big transits going on this week in particular. And I feel like there are some common themes, even though it is all topsy-turvy, it's very like Libra heavy because yes. now we have Mercury and Mars and the sun in Libra. We're coming up on a Libra new moon. It's all about relationships and justice, which is appropriate. Justice and a lot of revealing things. Also, Mercury yeah. retrograde. I was trying to go shopping because I just got the puppy. We don't have to talk too much about him, but I'm like, I need. Um, oh, here he is. Oh my God, let me see. Let me see. He just came next to me. Oh my. Oh my God. Oh little my God, Oscar bully. His little face. Oh my, no, I'm telling you, that's like the same feeling I got when I saw John the cat, which was like, oh, this was like a gunned stuffed animal that I would buy. Like, Thank you for reminding me of gunned. I forgot about gunned. Oh yeah. He's gunned vibes. Like he is so just, you know, if you guys are listening and you haven't checked out Molly's IG, check it out. She's got to post some pics. This dog could be the key to your fame. Like he's honestly the absolute cutest thing I've ever seen. Like not just like, oh, animal. It's like, no, like gorgeous dog. Yeah, he's gorgeous. And so I was looking to buy like some Birkenstock clogs or Ugg boots for walking him because I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. I am hibernating as long as I have, now that I have this dog, I'm not going out anymore. It's Um, such a great excuse. Right. And so I didn't have enough money in my bank account. So I had to transfer some money over from my US bank account and it just never arrived for three. It's like day three. Retrograde. And then also today I was trying to do like my writing job and no website was working every single website said it had a virus. It's crazy. So the other thing- I'm glad that that's happening though, because actually it's happening for me too. We're like, uh, so I went on my, 
I, I just went to check my website yesterday, like not from Squarespace, but like just from like, if I was going to, uh, you know, get a session using the code Erica for 22% off, what would it look like? And I couldn't get onto my website. I couldn't get onto any websites. And I was getting the same thing, which was like, either this is an insecure website or this website is a virus. And I was like, the hell. Okay. I'm really glad I wasn't the only one because it wasn't happening on Nick's computer. It wasn't happening on my phone. So I was like, I must have a virus. No, it- no, it didn't happen on my phone either, but it did happen on my computer. Okay. Merc Retro. So we're not the only one or that, or we both have the same virus, which right. you know. we've just been like passing it through like WhatsApp this whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. But so the two things that I love this week that I think are just so funny is AOC voting present on the Israel vote and then theatrically crying, which I, I told yeah, you guys, I I'm not the first person to say she's a performer, but like <laughs> that Met Gala thing really made me turn a corner on her. And now for her to be crying is even still like, I would respect her more again, similar to Kyle Richards on our yeah. Erica episode. I would respect her more if she just told the truth, which is, Hey, I am a New York Congress person. I have a lot of Jewish people in my district and they want me to vote. Yes. That's how democracy works. Like that's literally how it works. But to vote present and then cry is like, girl, come Wait, on. I'm just out of curiosity because I'm totally fucking ignorant. What is the difference between, like, what does voting present mean? Effectively, it means you're abstaining from the vote. Okay, so she abstained. So so give me, for anybody that didn't, I, like, clicked the link. I just okay. love, I just, like, I just, I didn't even listen to the news. I just liked watching her cry, and I, I just thought it was very funny. I just, yeah, I, I mean, I do like how performative she is. You know that I have a certain affinity to her because she, we were at BU at the same time. And so I know. In that way, I feel like I know her, but I don't. But... <laughs> I- Yeah, I love her. But like lately, I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Like you were voted in to do a certain job and you're just like doing these weird performances. So it's a bill to fund the billion dollar, billion with a B dollar, Iron Dome uh, defense in Israel, which is like Israel has like one of the highest GDPs of any like country, let alone tiny countries. Like they don't really need our money. They have a great economy over there. Why are we doing this when we have potholes in all of our highways and people can't afford insulin? Why are we paying for this? Like, it's one thing I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there's still mercury in the water in Flint. Right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I completely understand why people support Israel, especially when they have a personal bond with it because of, you know, religion or heritage or whatever. Holocaust. But, or, or that. <laughs> it's pretty much the only reason that you would have. Like, the Jews pre-holocaust were like oh yeah those those good old days and then after the holocaust they were like we're back yeah which i get and like i totally understand people who support israel but i don't understand like why are we funding this billion dollar defense uh when we are our economy is in the shitter and so she she said all this and like ilan omar and what's her face the other squad member right yeah yeah the, the the cool poc lady squad yeah, they voted no. They did what they said they were going to. Rashida Talib. They Rashida, voted yeah, no. Yeah. I like that I only know her as Rashida as if I like know her. I'm like, oh yeah, Rashida, Iman, and Alex. Yeah, yeah. So they voted no. Alex voted present. So what's so? Yes. So Alex didn't vote for. She voted present. She said, I'm not voting. And then the two others said no. Right. So her 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 position is that we shouldn't be funding it her constituency she claimed that she didn't have time to talk to them and again you represent a district in new york new york city a lot of jews a lot of jews 
and Israel, right. And Israel never came up. You never figured out. It's, on, it's almost like, what else are you guys talking about? Unless, right. unless like literally it's all about just like getting each other's pants. <laughs> Why getting in each other's pants? I, I feel like every, I feel like the reason I like, you know, like, uh, like political movies is because it's like low key behind the scenes. Like who's fucking who. <laughs> And that could be it. That could yeah. be it. But and she's so pretty. She is like the prettiest one there. I know. And she's really not doing uh, us a service, by the way, girls who wear lipstick to get taken seriously because she's acting like a girl boss. She's acting like a girl boss. She's like, I'm here. I'm present. I'm in the top echelon, but like, I'm still going to weaponize my tears. I don't know if she was weaponizing her tears as much as she was. I mean, she, I have her chart up. She has her moon in Aries. So I think that like, even though she has, I mean, what's interesting too, is like her chart really sort of uh, exemplifies the astrology of the moment, because similar to the moment in time that we are currently in, she has her sun conjunct Mars with Mercury all in Libra. So this, like the energy of AOC is the energy of the, of the globe right now. She's also a Sag rising where the South Node is. So like, you know, I think that she wants things to be like balanced and fair and just, and will fight for it. But I think on an emotional level, she is theatrical, impulsive, primal. I mean, Aries moons just, yeah, like they'll be like, I'm crying. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a statement on my dress. I'm, you know, they are performative. Hmm. Okay. And I also sense this thing of like, you know, the, the reason why Bernie Sanders has been on the right side of every single thing in history is because he doesn't give a shit if people like him. In fact, he- 100%. That's why he's like the only shot we had because he was not actually a politician. He actually is a civil servant or is trying exactly. to be. Exactly. And like, she is not that. So I'm like, what is it in her chart that to me- makes me think she wants to be liked. And I'm like, girl. It's all the Libra. She's a Libra sun, Libra, Libra, Mercury, Libra, Mars. Mm, okay. That makes sense. And, I, but it, what is her North node? Like what is her, her North her- node? Now this is so interesting too. So such a great question. Aside from uh, it connecting perfectly to the Erica episode, the whole episode that we have sort of slated for today has a lot of Aquarius. She's a North Node in Aquarius. So that means South Node in Leo, which means from a past life, she's used to just being like, my feelings. Wow. And what she's here to learn is like, bitch, it's not about your feelings. It's about actually making a difference on planet Earth. Oh my God, hi puppy. I know, he's back. Who else had a South Node in Leo, North Node in Aquarius recently? Erica. It was Erica. But, okay. So, wow, I can totally see that. Like, right? Like, they both are, like, leaning back on this primal, my feelings sort of platform when it's really, like, about the victims, about the people, about the United States, about, right? So they're both, they default into my feelings, but their, their life's work is to actually learn to care more about the other people, the public humanity. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I had a really bad feeling when AOC went down to the border and took the pictures of her clinging onto the fence and sobbing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That Yeah, it was right. Same kind of vibe where it's like, wow, look at you really feeling. Yeah. And really feeling for really feeling for the government issues. It just felt very like 
so performative. And you couldn't say it at the time because it was all Trump supporters who were having a field day with that. And we all had to pretend that it was a serious, real thing to do, to go and get your picture taken no. crying, which I know you're a really big fan of, but I feel like- I mean, to be fair though, I am a big cry selfie advocate, but it's not necessarily, I mean, I'm not posting all my cry selfies and I'm not necessarily sharing. I mean, I got more cry selfies than dick pics in my phone. I mean, I'm getting cry selfies off the wazoo. If you work with me, one of the things you must do is send me your cry selfies. But it's, it, so I think it's essential to take cry pics, but not necessarily to put in the news media. Yeah, definitely. I think for politics, we're not there yet. But I also am like, am I just being a bitch? Am I being like, no, she's having genuine emotions and I'm running scared from that. I do think she is having genuine emotions. Sorry, say it again. Because I'm not evolved. Well, it's not because you're not evolved. And it's interesting that we're having this whole larger Aquarius conversation because like we were talking about last week, your Venus is in Aquarius. It's also in the 12th house in Aquarius. So I think when you have like reactions that are like, oh my God, why is she crying? Or like, oh my, I don't think it's as much that you are not evolved, but I do think that you have, I think you're like past life traumatized, like not from this life, but from a past life where like 12th house Venus is almost like you were not allowed to, it's you know the twelfth house is your blind spot, so it's like you were not allowed to really indulge in that divine feminine behavior. Now your whole chart is very feminine, you know. But you have past feminine- life only. You're saying, well, yeah. So I think that like it's it, it makes sense to me that your chart would be born into a Catholic family in a Republican town because it's almost like you did have to sort of you did have to sort of like hide. Or maybe not. I don't. I don't know what you were like, but you did have to stand firm in your beliefs, but not actually make it the focal point. If you wanted to have any social status or be cool or just not be like in trouble, right? So, like Venus in the twelfth house is kind of like your divine feminine is a little bit. Um, I mean, aside, so it's it's in Aquarius, so it's very cerebral, but it's in the twelfth house, so it's almost like it's almost like trapped in your blind spot. So like, that's why like, if you, if you do have a certain um, interest in like beauty and like always wanting, you know, new lashes or it's because like, there's a part of you that even though, again, rising in Pisces, uh, sun in Capricorn, moon in Taurus, your whole chart is feminine. You don't have a masculine. That makes me feel like way better because I'm really insecure about my shoulders. Okay, well, that's because you have your Venus in the 12th house. So the one part of your chart that is masculine in nature is actually your Venus. No. Yes, and it's in the 12th house. So it's sort of like you do have sort of your, your the way that you love, the way that you attract isn't in the regular divine feminine ways. It's actually through your, your mind. And what's even more difficult about your Venus is that it's not just through your mind, it's through your subconscious mind because it's in the 12th house. So I think when you have judgments about like women crying or like too feminine or too Uh girly, it's actually, it's sort of a part of your Venus. It's not only that your divine feminine is sort of trapped in your subconscious but it's also that if any part of your like it's almost like you're like yo i'm super feminine i'm feminine in all the ways except when it comes to being a woman 
like, don't act, don't act so girl, don't act so womanly. Right. And so then it's almost like your, your, uh, conflict with yourself in a way, because you're like, how could I be, you know, sort of more, I mean, you're so, it's so funny. Cause I was just watching the, that, uh, the Gwen doc, you gotta watch the HBO I know. The way down. You're going to love it. But I want to tell you in advance, because I know you now the the second episode scroll through, I'll get you the exact time, but don't watch the first 20 minutes. You're going to hate it. Right. Be- and I, now I know because when it comes to actual issues of, you know, what people do to other people, like you really have a low tolerance for abuse of, of any kind. Yeah. Like you are really, and I, I mean, not to say that I have a high tolerance for it, but I sort of do. But you don't and have like, a high tolerance for it. You just, I feel like, I feel like you look at it like a puzzle to be solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like you have a higher level of compassion for abusers. It's just that I think- I want to understand. To me, I have a desire to understand, whereas you're like triggered in a way that's like, no, there's no understanding it. Like the the woman is trapped. But then in your own life, there's a sense of like, your own divine feminine is a little bit trapped because you can't quite put your finger on, again, even though your whole chart is feminine, your whole chart is feminine, but because your Venus is masculine and trapped in the, the 12th house, you kind of want, if, if there's anything that you, it's not that you want to understand, but if there's anything that you want to make more mental than heart centered like if you if you go mind over heart it's because you have that venus in aquarius going well wait a second wait a second wait a second this isn't so emotional it's black or white that's very Mm -hmm. aquarian and then it's in the 12th house so you're like and i don't even i'm not even personally that in touch with it wow that's so true and let me tell you though uh i don't have an issue with crying i cried for like 20 minutes after we watched Les Mis last night. Bro, you're gonna love Sing Street. You want to talk about movie? No, I cannot wait. Okay, so you have two homework assignments. You have to, tonight you have to watch the the Way Down documentary on HBO so we can discuss later. Also an Aquarius son, Gwen, you're gonna fucking die, but I'll tell you what not to watch in the second episode and I will fill you in. And I'm also, you gotta watch Sing Street tonight. You're gonna flip. I know we're going to watch it this weekend because we're on dog patrol all weekend. But so in Les Mis, I had a crisis last night. Like what's happening? I was sobbing and Nick was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Part of it, I think, is because I forgot to take my Zoloft and my birth control the night before. So So you were like all like irregulated. Yes, I was. um, I was three sheets to the wind hormonally and serotonally. (laughs) So. I was freaking out, but like first the, the Anne Hathaway storyline really affected me because I was like, wait, have you not seen Les Mis before? Okay. Here's the thing. I have a really bad sound processing issue in my brain and it's weird. I, I had never seen it with subtitles. I need subtitles for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, actually I've said that before too, that like I've said that the Broadway show, because I've seen it a million times on Broadway and the I mean, I'm a musical theater geek. But I have said that the Broadway show 1000% should come with a book. Like everyone should get a little flashlight and a book because if you don't, it's the same as Hamilton. Yeah. Like if you don't know the story in advance and you're not up on it, it can go right over your head. Well, have you ever been to the opera? No, but exactly the same. Like I they have sub- exactly the same. They have subtitles at your oh! seat. There's a little digital screen 
that puts across what they're saying in English because it's in Italian yeah. or French. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's like, yeah, for, for Les Mis, they're singing everything and you're like, what the hell are they saying? So we watched it with subtitles and I was like, okay, now I see every single step of the way. So and how do you get my analogy that I've been making this whole time that we're in this period but until Pluto returns? Also, we do need to do a bonus app on America's Pluto return, which is happening in February. But it, we really are in that final act moment where everybody comes out like, do you hear the people? It's like the ghosts are coming out to be like, yo, justice must be served. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not necessarily the law. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the, the whole film is a cab to the nth degree. Oh yeah. Is completely anti-cop, anti-establishment. And I was just so like, so I, I didn't really watch it all the way through when Anne Hathaway's Oscar campaign was going on. And Mm -hmm. I do think that Anne Hathaway is, um, she, she, to me, like her AOC, Meghan Markle, they're in the same (laughs) family Uh of like, just so and AOC, I never thought this until the crying, but this level of performativeness where as a woman, you're listening to them talk and you're just like, what are you talking about? I know you're just saying something like you're, you're performing. I know that you're performing. And like, remember when Anne Hathaway got the Oscar for Les Mis, she walked up and she was clutching the statue and she went, <laughs> it came true. <laughs> Yo, the, I, I 100% don't remember that. How many years ago is that? The fact that you remember that is so funny. Because I was just like, come It's like on. you're so not a woman hater, except in this like one area. This one little area where I'm like, I can see what you're doing <laughs> and you're not being real. And you're act- and like, that's what like Devil Wears Prada Anne Hathaway. She's so like, chipper and cute and that's not the character in the book in the book the character is a bitch and like i don't know anne hathaway like i get why people don't like her but i just remember the the whole oscar campaign for her was so all about her and she's in this film and they cut her hair off and pull her teeth out in order to for her to sell her body parts in order to feed her child and like i'm supposed to be impressed she still looks amazing if she had that haircut <laughs> that amazing. I know to pull off bald is spicy from the Moonuel. She just shaved all her hair off and she looks so beautiful. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. That haircut, that level of emaciation, 2014 Bushwick Lower East Side, she'd be cleaning the fuck up. Well, especially missing some teeth. It's like sort of grunge chic. Right. And I'm like, incredible performance. Incredible. Huge debt owed to Sinead O'Connor, but that's fine. Like it's, it was like <laughs> a great homage to Nothing Compares to You. Nothing like, Compares to You, Sinead. Yeah. And, but I'm just thinking while I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, there are real sex workers in the world who are going through this right now. And I don't remember her mentioning them once in her Oscar campaign. This whole film. Again, there's your Venus in Aquarius. Like at the end of the day, if there are going to be performative tears, it had better actually lead to humanitarian results. Yes. Like, I don't know if you guys realize while listening, but like, this is a humanitarian pod. Like we are for the people and we know that we're going to create social change by talking shit about celebrities every week. Yes. And we also donate money. I mean, I donate. I was, my, my show I did on, Tuesday that was like a little iffy. I was making jokes about all kinds of fucked up shit. And I wish I said on stage, like, don't worry. 
I so don't, I donate? <laughs> I donate to Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and bail funds every month. Like, I mm-hmm. don't worry. I, these are just words. You know what I mean? But so <laughs> when she's in there, like, crying, screaming, and I'm watching this whole film, and I'm like, this film is a cab to the max. This film is anti-establishment, anti-monarchy, anti-absolute power, oh, yeah. anti-cop. But I'm thinking, like, all the people, not all of them, obviously, but most of the people who would have been able to afford tickets to this and most of the people that gave enough of a shit to go see it in theaters beyond theater nerds are probably like Republicans and they don't think about this at all. And it's like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who watch that film are probably like, wow, isn't it crazy that this is the way things were 250 years ago? And it's well, like, no, yeah. it's literally still the way things are. It's the way things are. That I mean- that's why, like, if you want to talk about, if you want to get into the nitty gritty of theater, it's why that musical has such staying power because it is as relevant today as the day it was written. That's so true. And it's like the, the hierarchy that you learn in screenwriting of like the conflicts that you should spotlight. Yeah. Like, yeah, it applies to like every society ever, but it's yep. just, that's why I like sobbed for 20 minutes after it ended. And I, I mean that and the birth control and the Zoloft. Like I was- You're gonna, I, you have to text me right after you watch Sing Street. I've been waiting for this moment and the dog actually makes it even better because like, I mean, I imagine the dog's kind of emotional too, no? So Oscar is a cancer moon and he's already so clingy. Like Nick and I can't put him down for a second. It's so oh, cute. And I'm like, he's a little clinger and I just want to like raise him for life. He's so And he's cute. a Leo son. So he like just wants to be like mom's favorite. He wants he wants so much attention he wants so much like he just wants to perform get his birth time we will do an oscar reading i know and i'm in a group chat with all of his siblings new owners and they were all like yes we want to see the reading too we're gonna do it we'll do it on ig live yes yeah just to wrap up the aoc point so wait why did she cry so she cried because she was letting down the squad and all leftists in America and everyone who wants us to fund our own people instead of funding Israel's defense. She cried because of that. And that's a good reason to cry. But to vote present is a complete cop out. Well, right. To vote present and then cry is sort of, uh, they're they're sort of in, in opposition. Exactly. And then to give the bullshit excuse that, oh, I... I didn't get the chance to speak to my constituents. What is your, what are you doing instead? Like, well, and I do think that like, just in terms of the astrology, what you have to understand is like Chiron right now is retrograde sitting on her moon and she's having a huge buildup of energy. Like the fact that the sun and Mars and Mercury are all sitting with her natal sun, Mars and Mercury. I could see where like, no matter what, like she, she just might be in an emotional moment. Like it's almost like this was an opportunity just to, to cry. And, and we actually don't even know why she's crying, but it was like, well, this at least like, I'm going to cry anyway. So like, well, let me just do it here and make it about this where it's like, she, she might've been crying right before she got there. And she might be crying when she leaves regardless. Maybe she also forgot her Zoloft and her birth control last night. Would make sense. Grimes and Elon Musk is another one that I think is in the AOC family this week. What was the name? Norma, Norman, nomenclature, performative nomenclature. Okay. Grimes and Musk, the stinkiest last name couples. All I was trying to say is, isn't it? Determinism. 
to be fair, Grimes chose her name, but I do think that counts. Musk and Grimes, I don't even know if we addressed how funny it is that both of their names are so goo. I never noticed that before. This goo, this stinky couple broke up. They broke (laughs) up after three years together and their child, XSR71. How do you pronounce the kid? They just call it baby X. Are they just going to call it adolescent X, you know, middle school X? Like, what, what what do they do? So here's what I really like about this is the thing that you actually sent me. So at first, I didn't know how to process this. And then you sent me this song that she wrote. She put out like two days ago where it was like a response to the media's sort of obsession with the breakup. Which first of all, like when you're dating a insane billionaire, people are going to ask you questions. Like honestly, she's so lucky for the PR. Like I feel like Grimes was not on the radar. She was doing like, Apple creator commercials for for web only before I know, but I loved her. I actually stand them together, even though I hate billionaires. I was kind of like, this is so fucking weird. But also, I think that he's probably abusive. Did you know, I told you this on one of our other episodes when we talked about them. When he was at his wedding to his first wife, they were dancing together, their first dance, and he whispered in her ear, just so you know, I'm the alpha of this relationship. Ooh, so insecure. Like, what a freak. So mm. I think he's definitely an asshole um, behind closed doors and in front of them. So you sent me this thing that she posted yesterday. I wrote and produced this song this week in response to all the privacy invasion, bad press, online hate, and harassment by paparazzis, which I'm so surprised she doesn't know that paparazzi is already plural. That's maybe shocking in, to me. Maybe in Canada, it's different. No, I. it's not. Yeah, paparazzis is like cactuses. Yeah, like you can't, paparazzi is plural. The singular is paparazzo and the plural is paparazzi. And I'm surprised she doesn't know that because I thought she really was smart and knew how to read. But anyway, the lyrics are, it. I'll just read a few of them. So she's saying it has to do with paparazzi and bad press. It's like it sucks to be alive. Yeah. It fucking sucks to be awake. Oh, Lord, I pray my soul to take. Nobody understands because everything they hate is everything I love. Every night I tell myself I'd rather die than heed your rage. Go on and say it. And I'm like, okay, is that Elon's rage or the the rage of paparazzi? I think this is about Elon. When you hate me, think it fixes you to break me. I'll never fight you back because everything you hate is everything I love. Wow. You think this is actually like, – so, so she had to get this out. She's saying it's the pops. But actually, you're saying this is low-key to Elon. Yeah. So the thing about oh, – I love Elon. that take. Molly, yeah. it's a hot take. Grimes came up on SoundCloud and she's Canadian. She's like, everyone assumed she had these like super progressive politics. And then she starts dating a billionaire and she started tweeting like why it's actually progressive that he won't let his workers unionize and like insane shit like that. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to prove that she wasn't like this uber capitalist. And this to me is like reading behind the lines. If the, if this is about Elon, this is sort of her mea culpa of being Whoa. Like, yeah, like- I fucked up. He is um, clearly he hates me. And yeah, like he everything. We don't have the same values. Like this whole song is about our values don't align. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It really is. I mean, I was surprised too when I was reading it in the context of the pops. I was sort of confused because I was like, we don't care that much. Like no one cares that much. People aren't hounding them. Like, I mean, she's not like the next Britney where they're like swarming the car. So this makes it make more. I I liked it because I just, I love an improvised or I love an just fucking share it. You know, I'm very pro 
make something, put it out there. It doesn't need to be perfect. You can make another thing. So I and like she's that she's really it. creative and a, I love her. I think she's awesome. I like her. I, I, I like her a lot. I, I thought the song was cool, but I was like, huh, this is about the media. But when you frame it that way, like, no, it's about Elon. I like it a million times more. Right. And it's like, you're going through a breakup. Like I said, SoundCloud is where she got her start which is the most DIY thing ever. You make something and put it out immediately, kind of like this podcast. Like, And why would the one thing you put out a song about during your insanely huge breakup, the biggest news story about your life ever, probably besides the birth of your child and naming him XYZ? Yeah, the only reason that was even like news was because of the wacky name. And because it was so incongruous for the two of them to be together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never expected that this was actually going to be something that like created a baby. Yeah, like when they were, when they first stepped out together at the Met Gala a few years ago, it was just like, oh my God, how, what? This makes no sense. And you just had to love it unless you were, you know, more scrupulous than me with your politics. And like, I just ignored it. I was like, you know what, Grimes, get your billionaire, do it. Totally. I mean, I do think that, like, she now is financially safe in a way that she truly never was before. And I like her for that. Yeah, definitely. And she's going to be in the history books. She Mm -hmm. is, like, securing a legacy, which I never really thought would be important to her because she has never tried that hard to secure a legacy in other ways. Like, she's always been a stone-cold weirdo. But she did do – she has done some stuff with Vogue. um, But I think that was post – Post Elon. Elon. But the mm-hmm. thing I was going to say is I, for her to release the only song she releases this week, which is the most consequential week of her life in the public eye. The only thing about it is about the paparazzi. No, I don't buy it. Mm, I, right? I actually agree. I like that. I think you're right. I think this is like, she knows better than to be like, this is about Elon because she doesn't want that kind of attention, but like, it couldn't possibly be about the paparazzi because nobody cares that much. Yeah. And like Elon's not going to read it anyway. I think she, right. I mean, I think that's kind of what the issue in the relationship is. Like when they put out their statement of, of, as to like why they were breaking up, it was like, we still have good energy between us. I'm trying to do his accent, but it's like, we still have good energy between us. Oh, wait, wait, let me try to do it. Cause my brother-in-law is South African. South African. We still have good energy between us. No, that's kind of Australian. Australian. That's more Australian. The weird thing about South Africa is they say chips instead of chips. Like they pronounce short eyes like short U's. Ooh. Let's take a dip. If if you hear someone do a short eye like a short U, that's that's the dead giveaway that it's South Africa. South Africa. And they say South Africa. South Africa. Say South Africa. South Africa. Like something. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. South Africa. I love you, Jackson. I know. Basically, the statement was like, I'm just so busy with Tesla and all my businesses and getting into space. And then she made some statement that was like, I'll be in space too with my lesbian colony. Relax. But it's like, she was just being funny. I think that probably is the issue that she has with him, which is that like, he's never really there. He's never. That's why I loved those rumors back in the day where it was like they're having threesomes like she's low-key fucking this lady on the side because it's like yes somebody's got to pay attention to her what i do think is interesting in terms of like the timing of this breakup is that her sun and north node are right where this full moon was and like we talked about last week it really was a culminating full moon it was a, a, a death full moon and then her moon is 
like right at the beginning of Aries. So it's sort of like this breakup for her was like, probably felt that it was coming. And then the minute it happened, she was like, great, now I can actually say how I feel, which being with him, she may have felt extremely stifled. Like I could see this relationship being really stifling for her. Do you remember when she tweeted the name of the baby? And one of the things in his name is named after a certain aircraft from World War II. And she said it was the aircraft that came right before the SR-17. And he, he corrected her on Twitter publicly and said, what you mean is SR-71. And she responded and was like, oh yeah, that's what I meant. And I was like, aren't you guys dating? Say it to her behind closed doors. Let her fix it herself. Right. And like, who cares? She's talking right. about your baby's name. So yeah, but not, was- I, I, to me, I might care just because it's not right. Like I might be like, babe, babe, it was 71, not 17. Like don't let them know you're dyslexic or whatever. But that to me is more like, oh, it really goes to show that like they're not in the same room. Right. Nobody is subtweeting or correcting each other sitting in the same room. And I think she thought he was something different. Like she is space trash. She is space trash. Totally. She's such a futurist and like doesn't care so much about like prim and proper. She put shit out that day. Who Like yeah. just let it go. Move it on. And he's not going to space because he's fascinated with space as a concept, he's going as like a dick measuring contest. He cares about being the the leading edge in what billionaires do with their money and how far they can push it. Yes, dick measuring contest with all the other billionaires. That's all he cares about. So I think she's probably still in denial a little bit about that. Like she's still kind of like, come on, like this would have been perfect. Like a billionaire who's also an alien like me. Yeah, yeah. Why can't this be working? And he's- Well, and I think part of it is that she actually is an alien and he's really not. Right. He's just a nerd. So what, like, what did he see in her, do you think, chart-wise? Because he was, his first wife- he sort of encouraged her to get blonder and blonder and more and more Real Housewife-esque. His second wife was, I think, also sort of in that mold of like blonde trophy wife kind of thing. And then Grimes. So that's what I don't understand. So I think that first and foremost, her midheaven, meaning her public reputation, her legacy, her career, how she comes off in the public is conjunct his moon, his soul. So I think that on a, if you want to talk about like what, what he liked about her, I think that on a basic level, not only could he see himself being in public with her, he liked the way that, that the couple looked, but I think that he felt like, oh, you're a craftsperson too. Like, I think he fancies himself mm. a craftsman. Even if it's business oriented, I think he doesn't want to be a businessman. He wants to be an inventor. You know, his North Node is also in Aquarius. It's conjunct his Mars. So it's sort of like he is fighting to do this like humanitarian work. He's fighting, you know, you know, there, there's a passion, there's a drive, there's a get out of bed in the morning to do something on a collective level that does Aquarius take us into space or that does just, you know, even PayPal affected everybody. Right. I mean, look at what he names his cars, Tesla. Right. He wants to be Nikola Tesla, not Thomas Edison. And it's like, at the end of the day, dude, you're kind of 
like, I wouldn't say he's the Edison of the two, but he's definitely not really Nikola Tesla. Like he's sort of, no, I mean, Tesla, what the whole thing with Tesla was that like he, I I actually, at one point thought I might be Nikola Tesla because Nikola Tesla was all about doing this like high level energy work for the collective. The reason that Nikola Mm -hmm. Tesla's life was so fraught was that he literally like when they were like, Nicola, here's the financials. He was like, don't have time for it. I only care about energy, which is like what I like to think about myself where I'm just like, yeah. oh, the reason I'm broke is because I just don't pay attention because I'm so above it. Really, Literally both problem. of us like not having a single spreadsheet for our merch company. Like, right. I swear I'm going to do it soon. And I'm just like, you know what? Right. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Where it's, but, it, but, but on, on a certain level, it's like, that isn't, are that isn't like what we're here to do right like we both are feminine you know your chart is all feminine my chart is you know i have a masculine rising i have a masculine mercury but otherwise my chart's very feminine too and so for us it's it's really about i mean i think part of even why we work well together is because we're both so feminine in the way that we work which is like we just go with it we roll with it we try to make choices that are you know, that are aware of the, you know, whatever the algorithm or the, the, you know, making it make sense. But in general, we really just are responding to what's happening in the moment. We're both not that detail oriented. We're both not that hard on, like, if anything, if there's anything that you, and I, and I've actually learned a lot from this, but if there's anything that you do have a like high level of concern about, it's just that things make sense. Like, it's just that when we're putting things out there, there's like a rhyme and reason for it. But it really, you and I both, even though we are both Capricorns, I mean, I think that's also part of the myth of Capricorn, that it's like all about money. It's all about power. It's not really, it's it's a feminine sign. It's all about public and public structures making sense. It's all about being an actual home base for people. You know, it's what the government should be. It's what healthcare should be. And it's connecting the dots and making things function. You can't climb the hill if you don't know what foot to put in front of the other, you know? Exactly. So that's, you and I care more about that than we do about like the bottom line or being organized on the back end or being like, or, or, or just being like fine. Like we don't really think about being, I mean, we want to be financially successful, but it isn't what motivates <laughs> us actually. Like it, we wish it was, it's yeah. just not, we're just not moved by money. It, it doesn't, it doesn't totally appeal to us. And yeah, I wouldn't, I, been do, a, I wouldn't have been a friggin' English major. <laughs> right. I was a I, film but, student. Yeah. But the, what, the thing you said about Elon that I think is the biggest thing is like, he wants to be an inventor, but he's kind of a businessman. Like everything yeah. that he is succeeding with is sort of just stuff that is existing. Right. Perfecting it. Well, and I, that's the thing. So cancer, sun, Virgo, moon he is a craftsperson he is very good at like taking whatever pieces are there and and organizing them in like it's not like paypal was so revolutionary it's that it was done in a way that was actually super user friendly right and it it was done in a way that was broad it would have happened either way right exactly so that's really his strength right and that's where his money comes from and that's really like where he is very good. He's very good at being, and again, it is sort of like a mommy vibe, which is like going like, okay, 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 okay. Let me offer you this solution to organize what, what you all feel is a difficult problem or what you all feel is like, there are multiple options. Let me make you the one option just so that it's like easy. Right. So that's what he's really good at. 
I think his Mars and his North Node in Aquarius have him feeling this inner, you know, drive, this pull to do something bigger, to do something more. I mean, for most people, the North Node is something we avoid. It's very difficult. But when you have a planet connected to your North Node, or for like you, in your case, it's your rising, Mm -hmm. there is sort of, there's more. So like, I have nothing connected to my North Node. So I have to be super conscious. Like, what is your North Node? Aries in the 11th house. So like, I really am here to like lead groups and like be the, so like for me to do things where it's like, like I can't help but be a leader. And it usually is taking like, like the moon is such an expression of my North node. Cause it's like, look, I don't care if this is popular. I don't care if this is uh, something that you think is going to be fun. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to invite you along with me. The moon work, astrology. So much of what I do is about being like, trust me, come with me. Trust me, come with me, right? But my south node in Libra in the fifth house, what I really want to do and what I have to really work hard not to do is like default to relationship or default to boyfriend or default to just going for pleasure. I actually have to go for the group, you know, Leo versus Aquarius. I have to move into the direction of like, no, I don't care if I'm alone. I don't care if I'm, I don't care if I'm, uh, if what I'm doing is on quote unquote unpopular, I'm here to like lead the group into what will become popular. Right. So, so Mm -hmm. I think for him, that North node in Aquarius with his Mars, he is driven to do something bigger than this earth, bigger than himself. Wait, wait, wait. What's his south node? It's always the opposite. So if his north node is in Aquarius, his south node is in Leo. My God. Him, AOC, and Erica Jane are all south node Leo, north node Aquarius. Yep. Uh, I need to process this. It's also interesting because Grimes' sun and north node are also on your north node. Pisces? So she's a Pisces sun, Pisces north node. So I think what he saw in Grimes is like, oh, you're the real deal. You really are that alien inventor artist. Mm -hmm. And you know how to do the tech stuff. You know how to put it together. I think he thought that she really upped his stock, which I think she did. Oh yeah, for sure. What do you think is in their future? Why do you think it didn't work out just because he is I think it didn't work out because I think he probably is a narcissist he really wasn't there it's interesting because she has so much Pisces in her chart you would think that she was more like whatever call me when you can like I'm just floating in outer space too but at the end of the day she has her moon in Aries she has a huge stellium in Capricorn I think at the end of the day she was like this isn't right also she's got everything that he wants she's already got all of that so like the only thing he brought to the table is money which is not fulfilling enough for her to really stick around like she's got enough money I don't think she's like dying for 30 Birkins you know well I'll say this she's I don't think she's dying for 30 Birkins but she is a Scorpio rising so I could see it being the kind of thing that even if she wasn't even trying to do this I could see it being the kind of thing where at the end of the day she was like look if this doesn't work out I'm having this motherfucking baby because I will be set for life as an artist there's nothing more freeing than being like hey you don't have to worry about money just make your make your tracks and post them no shame in it Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so in other news, Brittany, her father. Yeah, go ahead. this, This brings us into the justice section of this week, right? So we have so many. Last week was a bummer because of Gabby Petito. Sabina Nessa, it was just depressing everything. Now, this week, we have a lot of news of justice being served. For instance, R. Kelly was found guilty um, on all accounts of everything that he was charged with. Sarah Everard, the woman who was um, abducted by an on-duty cop in Clapham, London, her killer was charged. She got life in jail, which is insane. He was a cop who... he he arrested her under the pretense of that she was violating COVID rules. And then he raped her and murdered her and threw her body in the woods. Oh my God. So now there's this big conversation, but he was charged. He got life in prison, which really doesn't sound like enough. It's crazy. Mm. Like it does make, I mean, I hate the prison industrial complex, but with that, I'm like, can we get, you know, three lifetimes in prison? Like put him in the bad prison, put him in the bad prison. Yeah. I'm like life in prison. That is not enough. He fucking not only did one of the most heinous things you can do to someone, but he also abused his power and the power of the state to do it. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so now there's this huge conversation in London. Uh, The London police commissioner said women should wave down a bus if they think that they're being abducted by a cop. It's like, are you joking? Yeah, how about like we just actually like uh, go into the police force and do some real deal psychological testing and like make sure this never make sure they're afraid of being a part of anything like this moving forward like why why should it be the woman's responsibility to be like the cop isn't safe it's like then who does she go to right why is it the bus drivers that are more uh why is it the bus drivers that are safer than the cops right that makes no sense there's this meme going around that was like women in the uk know your rights you have the right to peacefully resist arrest and it's like please don't try to peacefully resist arrest. They're going to throw your ass on the ground and like, don't ever try to peacefully resist arrest. You're going to get a criminal record at the very least. Um, And also the cop, he had a record of, he had flashed someone three days before he abducted her and nothing was done about it. And who do do the cops go to tell them the cop? Like, Like you can't call the cops when it's a cop. Right. And he had a WhatsApp group with a bunch of other cops where they were all saying horrific things. And now those other cops are being charged. Oh my God. Yeah. But so that, that got resolved, I guess, to the extent that you can call that resolved. He was, he was found guilty. He got life in prison. Sabina Nessa, the woman who was also murdered in London a couple weeks ago, the guy who killed, who allegedly killed her has appeared in court. So we are getting a little bit of closure on some cases. Alex Jones was found guilty of I still don't really understand what the charges are so Alex Jones how would you explain who he is and then we're we are gonna this does all lead to Britney but it leads to Britney so everybody hang in there Alex Jones is a 
super right wing. Uh, you could say like just conspiracy theorist. I don't journalist. even think he's on a wing. I think he's on a space station. Yes, yes. Like he 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 is like maybe the most out there. I don't even want to call him a journalist. He but he's, he's a not media, a journalist. He's, he's not a, a media personality that has made a career out of saying the craziest shit and just basically whatever he says is Wait, wrong. <laughs> here's the thing. If he was 40 years younger, he would just be called a TikToker. <laughs> Do you know totally. what I mean? Totally. 100%. Let's call him a content creator. Alex Jones is a content yes, creator. Yes. He's a content rec- creator that does a huge amount of reporting on mainstream media stories, but from a very alternative lens. Right. So a few years ago, he started saying that Sandy Hook was a conspiracy and it never happened. And people actually showed up at some of the Sandy Hook parents' houses with like, like they would get death threats and like they were, he was kind of leading a charge to harass the parents of Sandy Hook students, which is absurd. And the thing is like, because of America's freedom of speech laws, which are sacrosanct and very important. Um, you know, the thing is you're, it's like the Westboro Baptist church where you're like, well, you know, if someone has a certain belief, there's not really much you can do about it. But this lawsuit has proven that there is something that you can do about it. So these parents whose son was killed in this shooting, and if people remember the Sandy Hook shooting was the one where it was like kindergartners. There were 20 children and six adults were killed. It was fucking horrific. Very upsetting. So he, um, so this one family and nine other families, they sued, I'm reading from HuffPost, they sued Alex Jones and InfoWars, his former company, which I believe is out of business now for the damage that they caused. And he was ordered to pay already in 2020, he was ordered to pay $150,000 in damage. Um, and now he has to pay even damages. And now he has to pay even more to these other um, families. Uh, another woman who he kind of led into thinking that this was a fake thing, she got five months in prison in 2017. So like it's – people are actually getting justice for this, which is really great. It's really great. I mean – Here's why, to me, it's sort of like a, a big justice week. So aside from Libra, Bre- Libra being the sign of justice, so we have the sun, we have Mars, we have Mercury retrograde in Libra, having us rethink, you know, like, like, like this happened many, many moons ago, but now we're seeing justice. R. Kelly, many, many moons, decades of abuse now we're seeing justice. Even Brittany, which we're going to get into. Right. Like, I think the thing that unites all these cases is not just that they're high profile, but the reason they're high profile is that they felt unwinnable and insurmountable. You know, it's like yeah. like Sarah Everard and Sabina Nessa, they weren't famous. The reason why their cases became so big was because the story was so shocking and scary. And like, you just thought there's no way we're ever going to figure this out. And now in a week, like Sabina Nessa... Sarah Everard, Alex Jones, R. Kelly, Britney Spears, like all of these cases have been sort of not put to bed, but have well, had like a some resolution. sort of there's, resolution. There's some yeah. kind of an other side to the story that's finally being addressed. And I think it's because aside from where we're right before a new moon in Libra, we have 
Saturn and Jupiter going retrograde in, in Aquarius right now. All of these cases, well, actually, I don't know about Sabina and Sarah, but like, you know, R. Kelly, Brittany, uh, Alex Jones, they all have a heavy Aquarius in their chart. And so what's happening is there's sort of like a, you know, Saturn being the planet of like, you know, the boundaries, the rules, the structures that be, Jupiter being growth, expansion, luck, or just like a highlighted sort of destiny. Like there's like a big spotlight where Jupiter is, wherever Jupiter is. They're getting ready to go direct in Aquarius. And so everything from the Aquarian sort of news cycle that has been overlooked or or discounted or they seemed insurmountable because of the fame or the status or even with you know even with like the london the london girls missing like when it's cops involved it seems like fuck like how could we possibly prosecute this or how could we actually get justice you know we're getting set up for all of the planets next week to go direct and so it's kind of like tying up loose ends and so of course like in the R. Kelly case, his Venus is in Aquarius. So when we have Jupiter Wait, and- Wait, R. Kelly and I both have Venus in Aquarius. Yes, oh. yes. But oh. they're in different places in your chart and you have very different charts, but it's like at the end of the day. So for you, what I think is getting set up to happen is actually like getting rewarded for your good work. Getting and sort of, I I wouldn't be surprised if over the next few weeks there was like a spotlight put on the Space Trash podcast or a spotlight put on Molly Malshine for whatever you've done that has not been recognized or Everything. rewarded or acknowledged. Okay, it's coming, it's coming. Whereas with R. Kelly, with his Venus in Aquarius, where he thought that he could just like rule over the girls and and really own the own the women. There's justice on his Venus going, oh, actually, your privileges are now revoked. This Wait, is isn't the- he a Capricorn too? Uh, let me pull up his chart. Here's, it's okay. We don't have to do his full chart. I'm just- I mean, biased. I have it in here. No, I like I literally pulled it all up to- prepare. I'm spiraling how much I have in common with R. Kelly astrologically. R. Kelly is, is a Capricorn, <laughs> is the Capricorn sun, is also a- uh, an Aquarius Venus, much like our friend Molly Molshine, but the difference is his Venus Aquarius is in his 10th house public. His Capricorn Sun, Capricorn Mercury are in his ninth house of like growth and expansion. So he thought that he could be this like overlord of the women. And now- R. Kelly and Kellyanne Conway. Bro, that is a hilarious lineup. I do think you're here to sort of represent the other side of what this could look like a benevolent capricorn you know what else my like my pseudonym whenever i write fiction for the character that's supposed to be me is like always kelly whoa <laughs> that's another thing i need to unpack but here's the thing i think r kelly is like kelly the- and kelly ann and your your alter ego is kelly that's i so know awesome. what the fuck love, so love- i think the thing with Aquarius this week, we talked about Erica Jane and her ill, ill evolved Aquarius tendencies of being the child emperor, the kid with the throwing things in the sink or throwing things in the bath. That's our Kelly. He thought he was in charge of all these people. And now it's like, no, dude. 
Right. And he was like doing all this damage and, and doing all this harm. And he thought he could get away with it. And he actually can't. Because he thought he was pulling the strings. He thought he was the child yep. emperor. So yep. where does, so Alex Jones is also an Aquarius. That makes absolute complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. He fully thinks that he is like. No, he literally <laughs> thinks that he's like getting, getting channeled messages from the cosmos that are like showing him like what's really going on. And it's like, well. Yeah. It's like, actually, you're just drunk. Literally. How does Britney come into this? Where is Aquarius and Britney's chart? We watched, we rewatched this documentary. We didn't rewatch it. It's new, but it's the second like high profile Britney documentary in a year. It's called Britney versus Spears. It's definitely a little more rough around the edges than the Hulu one because that was a New York Times joint. So, you know, it's going to be very polished. Um, I would say this one had a lot more editorializing, but sometimes for a story to be good, you got to editorialize. And for you to tell I thought the this truth, was you got to editorialize. 1,000%. I, uh, to me, like, so the first question, so so how does Britney Spears play into this Aquarius narrative? Well, da, 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 she's an Aquarius moon. So we have wow. Jupiter retrograde, Saturn retrograde. Saturn's like sitting right on her moon. It's about to go direct. But w- what we're seeing is there's like a revisiting of the way that we are treating Britney's soul, the way that we are. I mean, she has a an Aquarius moon in the fifth house, which is really all about her joy. And it's all about her sort of sense of creative freedom and sense of, you know, uh, like able to tap into her own sense of pleasure, which has been completely... Uh, you know, she's been in bondage this whole time. She has been totally fucked with. So to me, there is like, when we're talking about like justice in the Aquarius sign, it's like, oh, her soul is being freed. There is a, there is, they revisited and they were like, oops, we did it again. We let the money talk. And in fact, we were not paying attention to the actual reality that like, it's so true that like if this bitch was able to remember all of those moves and manage full productions where she is not only creating, but then teaching the choreography, she fine, you know? And, and to me, there was like, when I watched, I was surprised that she and Sam had any reaction to this documentary in particular, other than, wow, thank you. Because not only did it seem to me like they were, really actually telling her story in the way that she would want it to be told. But they really reframed a lot of how this conservatorship got started in the first place, which was, okay, she was definitely having a nervous breakdown and on Adderall binges and and not taking care of herself. But they tried to make it like Sam Lufty and Adnan Ghalib were like who they were. They built the whole conservatorship on anti-Adnan and Sam when actually they were her only allies at the time. Right. And so, okay, what do you think was new in this documentary compared to the last one? And then I'm going to blow your mind. I thought that to me, what I walked away with was, oh, this is about a scared family, certainly. Like I do think the the Britney Spears estate, the family, was afraid for her, but reframing to me, Sam Lufty 
and Adnan Galib did not have a fair shake. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, even if it's like Stockholm Syndrome-esque that she chose Adnan or that, that she befriended Sam, at the end of the day, they, were, they actually did have her back. And they actually mm-hmm. did hang out with her like normal. And they tried to make it like these two guys were the reason that she was having this meltdown. And that was not the case. Also, okay, this isn't even what I was going to say to blow your mind, but it's actually going to, it just blew my own mind. So Adnan and Sam technically were members of the media. The media is a medium. It mediates between the star and the public. Britney's family was more removed from the public. Britney's family was sort of trying to be this Mount Olympus, like, yeah, they were trying to just suck her dry and spend all her money and become celebrities in their own right. Um, Whereas Sam and Adnan are kind of mediating between Britney and her image and Britney and the public. And they're like, yeah. So she's looking to them to be like, you guys, you guys kind of more understand what the public opinion of me is because she felt more connected to them than her family at that point, because she at least felt that they knew what was going on and they had her back. Because I think that she also, she is a goddess. She is the divine feminine incarnate on this Straight planet. Up. She would be if she was still in friggin Brentwood, Kentwood, whatever, Louisiana, I get it wrong every time. Even if she was in Louisiana, she would be earth mother goddess. And yep. like, she also happens to be a Hollywood icon and a entertainment icon and a worldwide celebrity. So I think that it's really hard to grapple with that status, especially when your family is around you trying to pull you back down. And it's just, I don't know, like those guys. Well, to me, it was also like just so racist. Yes. Okay. Like there was so much blatant racism where they were like, these are the, these two are the reasons that she's going on three day benders. It's like, no dude, she's going on three day benders because she's been completely controlled her whole life is furious at everyone around her. And is just trying to have some fucking fun. Also, you're drugging her with Adderall in order to perform properly. And then, right. That's the other thing that like, like she, her drug of choice isn't something that they actually removed when she needed to perform. It was something mm-hmm. that they used against her when they could be like, these men are giving her these illicit drugs, but then they prescribed it to her to perform. It's like, there's so much back walking and back talking and just bullshit. But at the end of the day, they were just looking for two brown guys to pin her problems on. And it wasn't true. And also they both had landing strips on their chins uh, i did about? think i was i was happy for sam lefty i felt that in the dock we saw a major glow up in our boy sam he looked i i feel like it was also hopeful just like he looked so much better like at 40 than he did at at 30 or whatever he looked great and i want to say sam lefty from adnan galib the vibe was he was in way over his head and he didn't even understand how he found himself in the position of being Brittany. but he did seem to give an actual shit about her like she felt safer with sam and and adnan than anybody in her family both of them good vibes but particularly sam i was just like damn i got the best vibes from that guy like no he seemed actually like a like a, a a good hang and a trustworthy person yeah. And I just think he seemed like he was in the right place and he has no, he has nothing to gain from doing this documentary. Like only thing that he could, that could come out of this for him is a libel suit from her psycho family. Like there's no 
there's no upshot for him to do this but documentary. Like the, but but I think that he had a, a like Felicia's fear around saying anything about mm-hmm. Jamie Spears and anything about the family actually gave him a huge amount of credibility because it was like if even Felicia can't say, won't say, doesn't want to get in trouble, we can totally see where if he was ever not saying certain things or not speaking out against X, Y, and Z, it's like, yeah, because his life is in danger too, people. Yeah, exactly. So the thing that really I noticed for the first time ever watching this is just how much Britney had in common with Princess Diana. Wow. Obviously, they're both blonde icons, obviously. And they're both both moons in Aquarius. Oh, my God. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, crazy. So they also both had people trying to use them from behind the scenes to people who were in their, if not blood family, then married family, both of them. Like people just trying to push and pull the levers from behind the scenes. Totally. Were portrayed as crazy, and all of their problems in their life were said to be because they were crazy and emotionally unstable. And they both sought refuge with Middle Eastern men. Oh, that's so true, actually. Isn't that random? Well, it's not that random because it's sort of like I do think that in general, in like the the global view, which I don't have that much of a handle on but it's like in the global view we're very quick to make middle eastern people and, and men specifically the bad even with middle eastern women we make middle eastern men the bad guy mm-hmm. and i think in both of these cases they're they're really actually showing us that people are people and it's really easy for the media or the public or whoever to place blame on these people that that were very comfortable sort of it's like it's like racist until we all agree and it's like no fuck the racism against middle eastern men like they're actually not all what whatever it is that we think that they are like they're not all out to get the world trade centers out to to fucking hold down the women like these are actually men who had some sort of power that were actually in complete and total alignment with these white women yeah, and like they're just fucking people. It's a it, like mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting though to see how these women would gravitate toward that because okay, I'm gonna say something mm. that is maybe a hot take. It just came into my yes. head. Ooh, fuck us up. So, in cultures that are more traditional, I think there is a little bit more room for the divine feminine to be worshipped. Interesting. Tell me more. So like if you came from a culture where your your parents, your dad worked, your mom stayed at home and your mom raised the kids, like Haznat Khan, the Pakistani doctor who Diana dated, who she said was like the love of her life. The reason why he didn't want to marry her was because she wasn't traditional enough because she wasn't Muslim. But at the same time, like Diana, Brittany, both of them, their big selling point to the public their big draw is the divine feminine is like Mm -hmm. being that quote-unquote perfect feminine ideal and that's why a lot of people hate them and i think it's why a lot of people love them and i think well and it's also but but it's it also just like on a larger level not to interrupt you but like it's the issue with the divine feminine period which is like if we actually want to celebrate the divine feminine it requires us to celebrate both 
the mother archetype and the sort of whore archetype and then later the crone archetype like they both and the virgin right it's like they were both like these perfect mothers but then also these sort of sex symbols and these hot bitches and then you know we'll see as britney ages diana did not get the chance but it's like it's like to actually embrace the divine feminine at all we actually have to be okay with the duality or or the multiplicity of women right and i think that's where things start to fall apart and become really like um political yeah and dogmatic and i think it's the same thing with like you know really conservative jewish communities and really conservative christian and catholic communities it's like there is this upside to growing up in an atmosphere where you celebrate and bow down to the woman as mother. And then there's also this huge downside, but I think the upside is never gets enough credit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think maybe if you grew up in a, in a, in a community and in a culture where women are women and men are men, maybe, and it's also the modern, it's also modern times you might have more of an appreciation on a one-to-one level for a Britney Spears or a Princess Diana. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, well, I do. I mean, like a lot of people hate it. Like a lot of like really hardcore second wave feminists, like hated everything that Diana and Britney Spears would stand Mm -hmm. for. You know what I mean? Like they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. in modern times. They're supposed to be considered like bad feminists, but that we're coming back around on that now, but you can see maybe, maybe the reason why they both, once they were outcast by their birth families and their marital families, why they were like, I'm going to go maybe with a guy who was raised in a more traditional way, even though he's not living that lifestyle now. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it's just that like they, at the end of the day, they know that their role is to protect. Well, and I guess you could, you could argue it either way in terms of like the culture, but it's like at the end of the day, they did see the difference and, and, and both Adnan and Sam, and I don't know much about Diana's boyfriend, but it seems like what they had a premium on was just protecting them, which really is the role of the divine masculine just to protect and, and to support. Yeah. We're going to have to think more about this, but I agree that it's like, there's this, you know, I, I think that that's a huge problem with Western culture in general that like, you know, we have really been taught to, whether it's like mother or whore or crone or whatever, it's like to put people in boxes and put to women go in like, boxes. to put women in boxes and to go, oh, you're this type, you're that type. And I think that part of why Brittany and Diana were both so scandalous in whatever ways they were was because they broke them. They were actually showing us that you're both and you're everything and you're all of it. And that is what women are. Women are all of it through the course of their lives. There's the maiden and the mother and the crone. And Mm. I think that it scares a lot of Western men and a lot of Western culture where Western culture is built on this patriarchy where it's like, Oh, I mean, you got to watch the HBO Gwen doc because that's, she's playing right into it, which is like, oh, this idea that like God is first, then man, then women, then children. I mean, it's just not true. Yeah. And it gets conflated with any idea of divine feminine or celebrating femininity. Like when we were growing up, I feel like, cause you grew up in 
you know, like sort of a liberal haven. Was was being feminine and sexy celebrated ever when you were growing up? Or was it like by parents and by authority figures? Or was it all like, no, we have to be like boys? No, it was definitely more celebrated. I mean, I grew up in a very sexually liberal community, a very, no, I I feel like. Okay. Mine was more shame-based. Right. Where I grew up and, and maybe it's, you know, is it because I grew up in a like reformed Jewish family? Is it because I grew up in a very diverse uh, liberal community? I'm not sure, but no, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it, it was, it was celebrate. I mean, I remember like when I first started having sex, I was very young for sexually active people, but it wasn't something that I was like ashamed of or private about I actually found it I mean it was like the beginning of my comedy career honestly just like roasting the bad sex I had in my teen years like it actually started me doing party shtick you know like it was nothing to be ashamed of and it was I know being sexy and being uh coming into your sexiness was I think was a big part of where I grew up and it was very celebrated that's good where I grew up it was not it was very like don't do it that's slutty. And but I also think that I grew up in a very unique, I mean, it's, it's why we have so many New Yorker articles. Like I do think Montclair happens to be, and if anybody's listening, who's a Montclair peep, shout out. And I'm curious about your experience, but I, I feel like Montclair, I feel like part of even when I went to college and when I, when I got into the real world, part of why I was so disappointed and, and felt so different was because I, the, there were these like very backwards ideas or there was all this judgment or these question marks about, you know, when I got to college and it was like, wait, did you celebrate Christmas? I was like, what? Like I grew up with, I grew up with Jewish people and black people and Muslim people and Asian people. Like I grew up with this real mix where there really wasn't like this sense of this is how we do it or this is right or wrong. It was specifically geared towards celebrating people's differences in cultures and 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 sort of different cultural norms. And in a lot of ways, it made me feel really isolated when I got out of the community because I was like, wow, everybody is so judgmental. Everybody is so hateful. Everybody's so ignorant. And I got in a lot of fights at frat parties in college. Yeah, well, I did too. Because I mean, I feel like when I got to college, I was like, I would be talking to people about what their high school experience was like. And I was like, oh my God, people weren't just like really mean to each other. And every guy didn't just like cheat on his girlfriend and gaslight her. That's crazy. Like my high school was fucking awful with that. But the big thing is like, I was like, even when JLo and Shakira did the Super Bowl, my like extended family group chat, a lot of the women were like scandalized by it. Whoa. Like they were like, I just don't think that they're good role models. Wow. Right. But I think that's more normal. I think that's more normal for America, you know, at large. Yeah. And I think it's just like squashing down femininity and female sexuality. Like that's what I think it is. Whereas I think in a lot of more traditional communities, maybe sexuality is not, not celebrated as much, but like femininity is the divine feminine is seen. Now, then of course there are examples where religion is used to like subvert that and fuck it up and control it, which is what Britney's family did to her, which I'm sure had roots in them being like super Christian and religious. But I just wonder if, I don't know. I just, sometimes I wonder. 
I mean, I do think that they're a product of that super religious, small town Christian mentality where like, if, and like, I remember reading Lynn Spears book. I am a Britneyologist. I read the Lynn Spears book out of the storm or whatever it was called in 2008, like right when it came out. And, and, and she specifically blamed Adnan and Sam for like the drug you, it's like, no, Brittany was, uh, I can I can imagine a million reasons why she would prefer uppers and she was acting out because of you guys not because of these two new friends that she made but they were so quick to be like they were the reason that she had a nervous breakdown it's like uh 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 and I think this documentary two things uh, that became clear to me number one was how much racism was involved in the conservatorship period because Mm -hmm. they were like whoa these middle eastern men who are part of the problem who are here using our daughter and it's like no they're actually the only people that accepted her that she felt safe with you know what every human being on earth deserves a period of time where they get to act a fool and it just so Mm -hmm. happened that Britney was famous. And so it was It was happening in front of us. There have certainly been times when I have been too up, but there was nobody around me to be like, uh-oh, this is like a life-altering problem. It was just like, oh, she's in college. or You know what I mean? It's yeah, the like, difference is that you weren't really like costing anyone millions of dollars. I wasn't dollars. costing anybody else money. Yeah. Right. That's the only right. reason why we didn't go to rehab. Right. And I think that the other thing that I found to be interesting about this doc was Lou Taylor looks like a Hollywood Lynn Spears. They look exactly alike. So So for Jamie Spears to find solace and comfort in this woman who's totally Western brainwashed business first, like she is all about money and business. But she looks exactly like Lynn Spears. She who was his high school sweet? She looks she looks like a a Holly. She looks like a better Lynn Spears. They look exactly the same. There were pictures in the doc where I like had to be like, wait a second, pause, rewind. Because I was like, I, I wasn't paying attention. And I'm like, is that Lynn or is that Lou? And then mm. there's I, I did a little I did a little stalking. I just love it. But it's like there's a lot of evidence that points to Lou and Jamie having a bit of an affair, having more going on. I don't know if they actually ever fucked, but I certainly think there, did you see the picture of him? She baptized him. That seems too easy. She, Lou Taylor brought him to her private lake house and did a baptism for Jamie Spears. And there is a picture of Lou and Jamie, like super, like, like both white, wet clothing holding each other and her husband is just standing behind them and it is like oh shit there is no why Brittany went like running screaming from christian white western right Right. i get not and not to mention I, i even remember from the lynn spears memoir even before Brittany was born she tried to divorce Jamie because of what an abusive alcoholic he was and the demeanor that he took on when he was drinking. Brittany has said over the course of the last 13 years, over and over and over, my father is an alcoholic. My mm-hmm. father is binge drinking and abu- like he is abusive, whatever mm-hmm. way you spin it. And like, sure. 
at the beginning of the conservatorship. Like, like, do I think that the conservatorship on some level did save her life? Yes. Not because of Jamie Spears and not because of, but, but, but she was out of control. I totally get where there was this familial desire to do something about it. I totally get that. That's true. And it's true that it wouldn't have happened to a man, but both things are true. Oh, if it was a man, they would have been like, oh, he's in his party boy phase. Oh, ha ha ha. Maybe he tries to kill him. The fact that Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson is still doing rom coms, and we know that he like tried to kill himself a number of times is like, and nobody gives a fuck is like, yeah, he's not well, but because of that, but because it's like, if he, yeah, like he he clearly the we just don't care. We're like, yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, there's no stigma attached for him. Not that there should be stigma. There shouldn't be stigma for Britney either dealing with what she dealt with. Right, and like I I feel like. You know, the fact that I do think that this documentary, different than the Hulu doc and different than the CNN doc, did show how much they hid from her mm-hmm. the ability to get out of the conservatorship. I mean, they really show that she was reaching out and she was trying to say, hey, this isn't right. I'm totally fine. And I'm making all of these people money and nobody cared. Yeah. And nobody and nobody cared is right. And the way they use the, her kids against her and oh the way that. Oh my God. Bro, especially if I was on Adderall, which you know, it's, I 100% could see myself locking myself in the bathroom, holding my child for dear life. That wasn't that crazy. Oh yeah, of course. And also, I hate And Kevin Federline can fuck off to hell. What an asshole. What a fucking asshole. Truly. When his lawyer said, oh, you know, Kevin was – his lawyer confessed. He did the Erica Jane. He said, Kevin was looking really bad in the media, and that was really unfortunate. So then, you know – Britney started acting out and, and he started to realize he said too much and he goes, and the media deemed her worthy of a frenzy. Mm. And then like two minutes later, it's like, oh, that guy, Kevin Federline and Britney's dad all magically showed up at the hospital when she got Uh 5150. It's like, Uh no, the media didn't deem her worthy of a frenzy. You called them and said, hey, she's going to get 5150 in this hospital. And like you orchestrated that frenzy. It wasn't independent. Like you did that. I just, that was so messed up. And the public so messed up. Even the publicists were in on it because they don't care. They only care about where their money's coming from. That the publicists would be like, oh, we can't have her. We can't ask her these questions. We have to like approve it because of the conservatorship. Like this is what bothers me when people blame the media. Because it's like, it's the publicists and the lawyers that are feeding shitty things to the media and like mm. drip feeding it. Like let's not forget Sam and Adnan are also the media. And they well, were Well, but it's her. interesting too because it's sort of like she didn't even have a choice. I mean, she was so like, I thought the Adnan story, it was, it was interesting. That was like the most interesting part to me where it was like, oh, she was being hounded day in and day out. But there was one photographer who helped her. Of course that it's like, it is a little bit Stockholm syndrome but it's like, oh no, she was like, oh, you give a fuck about, you actually mm-hmm. get that I need help right now so you can come talk to me like it's like in in the world that she was living in from what she could see 
And, and, and the fact that she actually has no one to trust. There's no one in her family that she actually feels safe with. The fact that there was somebody that was like, yeah, I'll pump your gas for you. I got you. She was like, okay, finally, somebody and, that just gets that I need help. And it was the Rolling Stone journalist who helped her sign those papers. Yes. The part where everyone will say, oh, it's the media, the media. And it's like, no, the, the media is not a monolith. There's like different people, individual people within it. Like, and I really liked how the journalist said, you know, I stopped functioning as a journalist and just did it as a person because she made that clear. Like this was not, this documentary is also not a journalistic exercise, really. It's, it is journalistic, but it's editorializing. Like they're putting their sure. opinion in and that's Well, but totally I thought that fine. they made that very clear. Like yeah, it was exactly. like, this is my story. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's Which it's, actually gave it to me more cloud like it actually to me it gave it more credibility because it was like oh you know it wasn't like this hulu doc that was just like you know interviewing whoever would be interviewed for this thing that was obviously coming right up you know it was like in the moment this documentary started being made years ago because this woman and she says it on camera is like i'm personally invested this is a person that i know who i met and i watched go through this and it was also interesting to the, even the just see that was very disembodied because it was with the New York Times and that's kind of their style. Yeah, their style it was, it was disembodied. Facts, put the facts out and that's what they did and that's fine. But this one was more, it, it was just a different approach. And I loved hearing the interviews from Andrew Gallery, the one that actually had, I remember when that came out when it was like, she wrote this letter. Really? I didn't remember that. Oh, I did remember. Yeah. Talk about nominative determinism, Andrew Wallet. Oh my God, Wallet being the conservator is what like, ah, what a joke. Ah, I die. No, I know. There was a few where it was like, right, it was like Wallet. Even the fact that the, the first doctor who wouldn't say anything, but that was on record of saying like, she has dementia, she's unwell, had like the same name as her father. It was like James Spear or something. It was like, oh, yeah. Bar. I was like, oh, they're going to go back and like, I, I was uh, so upset when this guy was a real person because I was so hoping that it was just like a, a like a, you know, an James, alter ego of Jamie Spears. Just Jamie like, Spears with those dollar store glasses with the fake nose yeah. and mustache attached. And he's like, my name's Jamie Spar. But you know what it made me think? It reminded me a little bit of like the Tom Girardi, Erica Girardi case, which is like, how easy it was for them to claim that she had dementia, which she does not. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was unwell, certainly. And she was going through a, a, a crisis that could have taken her life and that, you know, it's probably good on some level that she had some semblance of control and fear put in her because she, aside from just blowing a lot of money, you know, she wasn't yeah. living well. She wasn't I think living well. The issue is that they continued to exploit her for money and make her work so that they could all make money. Like, Well, and when you see the court docs that only those journalists had where it's like Jamie Spears is clearly using whatever he can, saying whatever he can. Like, oh, she's not well enough to do this easy thing, but, but she's well enough to do this really hard thing under the guise of her like un yeah. uh, you know un under the 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 doctors say it's okay it's like fuck you if she can remember all of that choreography and like i mean she was well she was 
fine. She looks like completely normal and fine until 2019 when the weird Instagram videos started. Also, there was that one, that one thing where they said he was complaining to the court, oh, she was supposed to do something uh, at some pop-up and we had to return oh the God. million dollar yeah. deposit. And it's like, okay, so you had to return the deposit. Well, but the way okay. that they framed it was so fucked up because it was like she was unable to to provide this very easy service when what was actually going on was that she was like fuck you i'm not doing shit it's like Mm. also no that's not what was happening she wasn't putting herself in grave danger by not showing up at the event and she wasn't unable to do the event she was actually putting her foot down for once and going fuck everybody i'm not doing shit and that's the point of the deposit so they return the deposit so okay case closed you don't need to make it she's got she's got 60 million at least million nothing like, who cares? Oh, it was very upsetting. And then that they were like, that there was like mics found under her bed. Like they were listening to her private conversations. It's like, oh, like that is so vom. And, you know, I mean, I just, I'm surprised when I, when I keep seeing these reviews pop up online that are like, I can't believe they went there. This is so trashy. Even Brittany was like, wow, I like try to forget that part of my life. It's like, if anything, this documentary coming out the day that her or the day before her next hearing, I think did nothing but help. Like to me, this, these were filmmakers who, if this is the filmmaker who's also secretly meeting her in the bathroom to sign papers, she's obviously on your team, homie. Like, yeah, you know, I, love I don't her. know. They, they, this, this did nothing but help her case. Definitely. I loved the bangs filmmaker with the tattoos. She was so serious. I loved her so much. She was dead ass the start to finish. Like she's like, this is my fucking life. So I would love to see her chart. She was awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know if you have any other questions, get your space trash merch and follow us on all the stuff. And if you haven't left a review and you are listening right now, there is no forgiving you. Okay. We will find out. Leave a motherfucking review. Leave a motherfucking review. It's not, it's like so easy. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.